Hello, I'm Carla Spike, writer and assistant editor for Princeton Alumni Weekly, and welcome back to the podcast. This is the commencement edition. Today, our guest is Tashi Nakase, the valedictorian for the class of 2021. The first in his family to attend college, Nakase is an operations research and financial engineering concentrator from Melbourne, Australia. He is also pursuing a certificate in applications of computing. His senior thesis examines the modern challenges of measles control in Vietnam, modeling vaccination campaigns under limited health care resources in the country. This summer, he will be studying questions pertaining to the persistence of measles in the developed world. Next academic year, he is off to Oxford University to pursue a Master of Science in Modeling for Global Health. In the future, he plans to attend medical school and become a doctor. I'm speaking with Tashi today, just a few days before commencement. Welcome. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So big congratulations. Uh, tell us what was your reaction when you first learned you were the valedictorian for the class? <laughs> I mean, I was quite overwhelmed because um, I, I was very much not expecting it. I, I think as any student that really gets this honor um, every year, it just sort of comes out of the blue. Um, and it's an overwhelming experience, but really humbling and really um, to be really recognized for sort of all the work that I've done and um, by the faculty and also by other students is, is incredibly on, um, I guess, an amazing sort of honor and experience. Absolutely. I'm also curious, since you were the first in your family to attend college, uh, what was their reaction to the news? <laughs> I, I don't think um, my parents really believe the news at first, they, they sort of wanted clarifying information as to what exactly I meant um, by valedictorian or of the sort. But I mean, they were incredibly proud. Um, they, they, they really dreamed with me when I was sort of going through high school and thinking about what I wanted to do with my life. Mm -hmm. And they, they really wanted that for me and they spied it for themselves, but I mean, circumstances sort of prevented them from doing so. Um, so they were incredibly proud and honestly, I was very proud of them as well for what they've done for me. I'm sure it was a really gratifying moment for the whole family. <laughs> so we're recording this on May 13th, just a few days before commencement on May 16th. How's the speech coming along? Can you share some themes you're hoping to focus on? Um, oh, it's been a scramble, um, and I'm currently in the midst of, um, sort of my drafts, but Really, I, I want to sort of memorialize and honor this sort of unique mo moment I think a lot of students have found themselves in. I mean, we've been through a global pandemic that's really shifted what it meant to go to school and who we were around um, for an entire year. And it, it's really been tough. And I think for, I think a lot of students, it may feel like some of these things are very ordinary disappointments, not being able to see your friends and um, having to do classes online and sort of dealing with the annoying, annoying things of Zoom. But I think there's something quite extraordinary in all these things that we've experienced. And it really calls for, I think, sympathy and sort of acknowledgement and all our part um, of really sort of the individual experiences that we had and the ordinary acts that we did to sort of get each other through it and get through sort of the loneliness together. And that's sort of what I really want to go at. So sort of, I know this, there's all these grand things that we have to do. And I think the pandemics has showed us that as well. But at the same time, 
there is so, there's so many smaller things that have really meant so much to us if we, as we've been through the year. And these small, ordinary acts among people that we don't even really know sometimes, um, I think have been so important for me. And that's really what I want to commemorate in my speech. And hopefully I can get that across um, and sort of share with everyone this sort of moment in our lives. Absolutely, it's been so unique. <laughs> <laughs> um, I am curious, you know, one thing that we didn't know going into this was whether commencement would be in person or not. And obviously now it is with respect to CDC and state guidelines for COVID-19. Um, how are you feeling about that? And also who are you bringing as your guests? <laughs> um, I mean, it was, it was a huge surprise. Um, I mean, my, my background and my research experience is in infectious diseases. So I was constantly thinking about what are the risks of transmission in these sort of circumstances? Is it even responsible to do so? How much I really wanted it. Um, but I mean, I know there, it hasn't been perfect, but I think in this respect, um, it was both a sort of a calculated and wise decision and somewhat courageous decision on the part of the administration and the staff. And I think really having this time however brief it may be to really come together one final time um, and not over Zoom, even though we're quite versed in the nuances at this point um, is incredibly, uh, I guess it's nice and it's a tremendous thing that we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, as to who I'm inviting, unfortunately, I, I, my parents, given that they're back home in Melbourne, um, where basically the, there's no flights and it's sort of shut down. They, they can't really come over, but they will be watching it live and I guess cheering me on um, as I nervously get through the speech. <laughs> they will be, and your speech is going to be great. <laughs> uh, switching gears a little bit to your time at the university, you can think back to right before you started, you know, what initially interested you in coming to Princeton? I think, well, uh, when I was in, I think the the, the, system, the university system in Australia is very different in that when you finish high school, you very much, you sort of pick a professional track a lot of the time. And when I left um, high school, I was, I, I was sort of went into medical school and even started medical school back in Australia. But in, in some sense, I didn't feel ready to sort of jump into a career that without I really having explored all these other options um, and sort of, I guess so many other fields I didn't know at the time. I, I hardly even heard of computer science or let alone operations research when I was uh, sort of starting off medical school. So this opportunity to really explore different interests and have a faculty there that's really there to encourage you in whatever sort of you, you hope to pursue um, was what really drew me to Princeton. And um, I mean, I, it really did live up to it. I, I mean, I, I tried a lot of things that I didn't expect. Um, and I'm, I'm forever grateful for that. And it really shifted my direction. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm back to medical school now, but I'm, I'm a very different person um, you know, with very, very new things under my belt. So I think, um, you know, for your class and also the class of 2020, your college career is kind of going to be thought of as pre-COVID and during COVID. <laughs> so I'm curious if you can talk a little bit about what your experience was like on campus before COVID hit. I mean, it was busy. I mean, it, it, there, was a, there was a lot of things going on. Um, and I think it, it sort of slowed down a bit for me, at least, once we went online. Um, but I think the most, the, the, the biggest thing and the thing I most sort of um, enjoyed 
before COVID hit was those chances, it was really small interactions really that I had with my classmates. I would bump into someone at the dining hall and then we would sit down there for two hours just talking about whatever really, or um, bumping into a professor and then I happen to be doing some research they're interested in or I happen to read something they've been working on and you just fall into a conversation for a couple of hours. And those chance moments, you can try and recreate them, but it's really not possible to some extent. And that's what I found so special about Princeton. And people always willing to do that and always open to that idea of really just this spontaneity and um, these moments of sort of sharing um, what you'd learn and what you hope to learn. And I mean, that was my favorite part of life at Princeton before. And hopefully it comes back. Uh, I really hope that all students get that opportunity because I mean, that really made my time special here. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm sure you have a lot to say, but if you could kind of reflect on what parts of you, what parts of your experience were really impacted um, by the pandemic since it affected your junior and senior years? Well, um, the pandemic, first of all, I, I, had, I had to basically leave the US. Um, so I, I was sort of, I returned home to Australia and really I, I felt you could, the distance was very palpable for me having everyone so far away and so the life that I'd started to build and really sort of love here was 10,000 10, miles away and it was a 14 hour time difference so I couldn't see anyone live really unless I was up at 3 a.m yeah. or something of that sort so that that was a big struggle for me that the distance that and sort of feeling a bit alone in that sort of that distance um, was very difficult and I mean there were there were Although there were, I think too many things to count, worrying about how my friends were doing over in the U.S. as the situation really worsened over here and seeing what was happening and really not being able to do much um, was a very big struggle. And I think this was, I think I'm speaking to the experience of a lot of international students, but there were um, the various issues with the administration shutting down um, or sort of threatening to stop international students for coming back. I mean, it lasted a week, but that was a week I was up in the air and it was overwhelming to think that parts of my life were, were being cut off for really nothing that I'd done. Um, so it, it was, it was a lot. And I, I can't really pick, say something in particular was really defining in that period. But um, I think I speak to a lot of the students um, experience when I say that there was so many struggles there and having come this far, it's, I think, um, amazing on all our parts. Definitely. To see it to, through to the end is definitely an accomplishment in this time period. Um, something else I want to ask you about is, I know you were involved in a lot of extracurricular activities. Can you talk about some of the activities you participated in and what drew you to those experiences? I think um, my time at Princeton, I, I, I was very much involved in sort of the undergraduate teaching aspect. Um, I, I very much uh, there were a lot of classes I enjoyed and having the opportunity to really come back and help some other students with it and who were trying to learn the course and who really loved the course like I did. Um, I think that was a very sort of rewarding experience through my time at Princeton and something that I, I took a lot of pride in, sort of spending time um, working through problems or just really chatting about the courses. I think half the work at Princeton is getting over the, getting over the hump of um, sort of comparing yourself with everyone else in the course and realize and sort of realizing that you do have the skills to do it. It, it takes a bit of work. Um, so being that person um, 
for some of my other fellow students was incredibly rewarding and something I, I really want to take forward um, as I sort of move along. Yeah. So as you're kind of wrapping up your Princeton journey here, if you could go back, what advice would you give to your freshman self? Is there anything you do differently? I think um, I, w I would say spend a bit more time with, with those friends and um, sort of the, the, the faculty that sort of I came to know over the years. I, um, I think it comes to no surprise. I, I did spend a lot of time at Princeton alone in libraries and um, working by myself. And partly that, that, that did help me um, given that I was so focused on these things. But I feel like I missed out on a lot of opportunities that um, I would have liked to would have enjoyed. Very, very simple things. Just, I know, going to get boba with some friends that uh, I, I just didn't do very often or, or at all. Um, so if I could go back and even tell the, the freshman students now, I mean, you can concentrate and you can love your work, but take five minutes every now and then to sort of just relax and um, see some friends and just um, not take yourself too seriously. So I know you mentioned uh, your thesis work. It's a very timely topic <laughs> about it and, you know, what inspired you to focus on vaccine. It, it was... It was quite unexpected how I even got involved in infectious disease work. So I was, I, was go, I was heading into, I guess, junior summer, and I was thinking about what I wanted to do. And I was keenly aware that as an operative research um, student that I, I should be doing some mathematical modeling or something of that sort. But at the same time, I, I very much enjoyed those public health sort of clinical medicine questions. So I sort of stumbled upon um, a program that was being given by the global health program here at Princeton. And I happened to meet um, a, a sort of a wonderful um, researcher there, Mark um, Swazi, uh, Dr. Mark Swazi. And he sort of introduced me to this world of measles and um, explained the nuances. And I, I really fell in love with the whole idea of trying to distill these complexities of infectious diseases into sort of these mathematical structures whereby I could actually come up with policy recommendations that would, that would really impact people on a large scale. Um, and th this was sort of a fascinating topic to me. And I, I guess very timely, um, it, it wasn't, I, I didn't think infectious diseases was as sexy as it was, uh, as it is now, um, I, I guess about 18 months ago when I really got heavily involved in this. Um, but I think it's very timely now. And I think it's becoming increasingly more important as we go forward, because, I mean, this isn't going to be the last pandemic we're going to have, unfortunately. Um, in some shape or form, it's going to come back, as it always does. So um, I know I, I really like the opportunity to be part of that community that are, that are going to go into the next one as well um, and a bit, be a bit more ready. Yeah, it sounds like such fascinating work. If you think about your kind of Princeton experience as a whole, what would you say was or has been some of the most challenging parts? It would be finding the time for everything. Princeton offers so many opportunities for its students. Um, this, obviously, you've got the academic aspects of it, but there's so many social aspects and um, even things that are sort of unofficial, unofficially offered by Princeton just by having all these students here together on campus, which is, is something quite foreign to me coming from Australia where we don't really have this. Mm -hmm. um, so having, dealing with all those options and trying to prioritize what 
what I wanted out of my Princeton time is, is difficult. And I mean, you're always going to have regrets of things you, you didn't do or things you could have done better or um, things I could have focused on. Um, but I mean, it, it's difficult to try and rationalize it now after the fact, but um, I, I think this is a struggle that a lot of students go through trying to find out what really is important to them at the time, at their four years. Um, so looking ahead, you solidified plans for the summer and next academic year. Can you share a little bit more about what you'll be working on and researching? Um, so over the summer, I'll be working with uh, Professor Grenfeld and McCa Professor McAfee at the university, um, looking actually more so at obviously COVID modeling, it's not going away quite yet, but COVID modeling and also the interaction of this new disease with, um, for example, measles, um, I think um, it's not readily apparent yet, but what impact COVID-19 has on our, has had on our um, efforts to eliminate, for example, measles from the developing world. And that's still um, slowly becoming apparent, but it seems like it's, it's really set us back a bit, not only in the vaccination effort, but also in sort of the, the interacting aspects of, um, I guess, um, what health outcomes this really means, or what sort of health, this, these interaction diseases, what impact that has on health outcomes, and also what that means for the logistical aspect of getting vaccine doses to is traditionally isolated populations. So that, that whole question about, well, what does COVID mean in terms of our existing viruses is going to be the, I think, the research focus for my summer. Um, at Oxford, I, I, I think I'm, I love measles, so I'm not going to run away from that quite yet, but um, hopefully I can get an opportunity for tackling some other um, exciting infectious diseases uh, over my time there. You know, it seems like you're involved in so many activities and have so many interests. I know you said you ultimately want to become a doctor. So what is your dream area of focus there? I, I'm not quite sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, medicine for me is attractive and sort of very rewarding in that it sort of combines many aspects of um, sort of getting to work with sort of your community and sort of a hands-on approach. You also get to challenge, um, sort of work against these challenges that are continually evolving. Um, medicine as a field is nowhere near where um, it could be. Um, it's, it's, it's advancing fast, but there's still so many things we don't know. Um, and th that's very exciting for me. Um, at Princeton, that's really one of the things that kept inspiring me to work hard and learn more was to try and sort of slowly and steadily sort of unlock some of these things that we didn't know before. Um, as to what field in medicine, I, I'm not sure. Um, I, I want to keep my options open. Um, infectious disease, I love that at the moment. Infectious disease, I, I really love that at the moment. So maybe something um, with that, but I don't know. We'll yeah. see. So I asked you earlier what advice you would give your younger self, um, but I'm curious if there's any additional advice or other things you would offer for the incoming class of freshman students. I, I would also say, um, and this is what I learned over time, is don't be afraid of approaching your, your professors and um, really out of the blue cold, cold emailing them, I think that's what it's called, or just um, having a chat with them. Because 
most of them, they, they want to help you and they're excited to hear um, that you're also interested in their work. And I, I didn't know that coming in. I mean, I, I would love to if no, someone has told me that at the start, um, but I was scared. Um, the, these are some of the biggest names in the field and they don't want to hear from a you know, 17 or 18 year old um, just talking about their, their first intro class, but they really do. Um, and they have opportunities for everyone and they're really open to it. And it would just make your whole time at Princeton a lot more rewarding. So hopefully, if any if, um, sort of first years hear this, they, um, they take, that, take up that opportunity, um, even if it is a little daunting. Those are all of my questions. Is there anything else you want to add or touch on, either reflecting on your experience, your prep for your speech? I mean, I, I just really want to acknowledge how difficult the year has been Oh, a year and a half, really, it's been for all, all of us. I, I know all of us made it here, but some of us, I mean, some of the group didn't um, for various reasons. And I mean, it, it's, and that shows how tough it's been. I mean, Princeton students are, are tough people. Um, not much gets them back, but it's, this has really challenged us. And I hope to see everyone at some point in time um, finishing their, their four years or their time at Princeton um, and how, I guess how proud I am of everyone of um, and how far we've come and how much support we've really received as well. I'm very thankful for that. I should ask, is there a key lesson or key takeaway that you've kind of gotten from your experience as being a student during the pandemic? I think one of the largest, uh, I guess, was impactful for me was, um, I, I, so the pandemic happened in the middle of sort of my, my strides towards sort of learning about infectious diseases and getting ready for medical school and all these sort of um, biggest, big ambitious plans that I had. And it really stopped me in my path and sort of brought me back home. And I know spending time with my father, like I, I hadn't in so many years because I'd just been abroad um, was so, I mean, it was so touching for me and, um, I guess really lovely to be back like that. Um, so reflecting on it, I mean, taking those moments um, to sort of return home in some sense, not, not necessarily physically, but um, I guess spending time um, with those people that mean the most to you. Um, I mean, I, I hadn't thought about that a lot um, over the last four, three or four years when I was studying, um, but having that sort of being forced to do so was very rewarding and, um, sort of changed my frame of thinking about um, how I sort of balance my work and sort of my family and my friends. Well, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast. No, thank you. It's been, it's been a delight to speak to you and sort of share my experiences. I'm always a little wor worried if I'm qualified to um, give these sort of these opinions, but uh, if it helps anyone sort of out there, it's, I think I've, I've done a decent job. Of course, of course. And best of luck. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing your address on Sunday. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. But thank you so much. <laughs> podcast is a monthly interview podcast produced by the Princeton Alumni Weekly. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. You can read transcripts of every episode on our website, paw.princeton.edu. Music for this podcast is licensed from First Come Music.